And welcome back to another edition of the Scout Team Podcast. I'm Emery Hunter Czar of the Playbook. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. And if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, which you should, be sure to leave us a five-star rating. Or if you want to catch it on SoundCloud, you can at soundcloud.com slash FBGP Podcast. Also, subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network located at youtube.com slash football game plan. And keeping with our 2019 NFL Draft Prospect interviews, Today, we're joined by Michael Dogby of Temple, New Jersey native. Michael, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How you doing? Doing all right, man. I got a full disclosure. Uh, I'm out here in Jersey, and before I started doing football game plan full-time, we started football game plan in 2007, but prior to that and prior to 2012 when I left what I was doing and, and, do, and started to do this full-time, I was actually a recruiter for an automotive technical school, and I used to always come through that Votech out there uh, in Parsippany. And, and I know some some of the uh, auto classes, auto shop classes that were out there. I think Parsippany Hills is one of the schools, the Morris County Votech. So I used to be up in that area a lot, man. So I, I became very familiar with what you were doing on the high school level. So a little bit of insight behind uh, where you're from in Jersey. So uh, outside of that, you went on to Temple. And we know Temple is it has become known for defensive players, prospects on on within the front seven and also out there on the perimeter in the secondary. But Temple Tough is is the mantra that you guys play with, and you were awarded a single-digit jersey this year. First, talk about the mindset of, of playing at Temple and also what the, the single-digit mean meant to you as you were able to work through your process over the course of five seasons. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, playing in Temple, uh, you know, everybody just has that tough mentality. Um, you're growing up, uh, going to school in, in Philadelphia, you know, the rough streets of Philly. Uh, so we just have that mentality, that underdog mentality, that everything we do, we have to make it tough because, you know, no one's going to give us, you know, any credit. We got to go out there and earn everything that we want. Um, so playing for Temple, you know, it made things hard for us, um, you know, as far as workout mentally and physically. Um, and we were just taught to attack everything that came our way. Um, you know, being a single-digit guy, uh, you know, you just have to earn the respects of your teammates and your coaches, you know, that you know how to su- – when you suffer adversity, you know how to, you know, get through it, um, that, you know, you have strong mental toughness and physical toughness, and that you're, you're a leader on your team. Um, so those are some of the qualities that, you know, I was able to develop over the years. And, um, you know, going into my senior year, I was able to receive a, a single-digit uh, jersey. Um, you know, and that's a long line of uh, guys, especially how you mentioned on the defensive side, um, starting way back with, um, you know, Muhammad Wilkerson and, you know, a couple guys I played with like Matt Ioannidis, Hassan Reddick, uh, Jacob Martin and Sharif Finch, just to name a few. But um, it's a long line of tradition. And, you know, it's just, you know, the uh, the mentality of Temple that we got to be Temple tough. I like the fact that you played five years and a lot of people don't understand the benefit of the red shirt year i was a red shirt and i I completely needed it and was like wow this is awesome and it allowed me to develop into a player or become more of you know acclimated to the college game you got a taste of playing as a freshman played the four games now they changed the rules but you you got the four games before they redshirted you did that kind of give you a little taste and kind of make you that much more uh uh, did that make it a little bit more aggressive as you attacked the offseason and made you want it a little bit more? And how was the, the redshirt year beneficial to you moving forward? 
Uh, yeah, it was, um, you know, it was an extremely, uh, you know, beneficial process for me. Um, you know, I came into college weighing about 230, um, you know, recruiting me as a defensive end. And, you know, I was, you know, up to speed with the physicality, but, you know, just learning the plays and the, the pace of the game, you know, it, it's different than high school. It's a lot different. Um, and I had a lot of great mentors in front of me, great players such as Matt Inaitis, Julian Taylor, um, you know, Hassan Reddick. All those guys were in front of me, and they were really good guys to learn from. Um, you know, going into my freshman year, I made it through camp, and I was able to, con you know, contribute behind those guys for the first four games, uh, just seeing what it was like to play in a, in a real college football game. And, you know, those four games taught me a lot about myself and what I needed to develop to be an elite player. Um, during that rest of the year, I was able to get my weight up. I think I got it up to about two, 265 um, going into the next year. And that set me up for more success. Um, I was able to learn how to train in the offseason like a college player. I was able to, you know, get the flow of things with balancing school and football. And I was able to learn behind some really, really great guys. Um, so the next year, my rest year, uh, freshman year, I was able to contribute and get into that D-line rotation. Um, playing D and ND tackle. When you talk about your versatility, I think that's one of the best parts of your game. You're very versatile and able to play across the defensive line. Where do you feel as though you best fit as far as technique-wise? Can you play out as a seven or a nine? Can you play a five or a three? Where do you feel as though you're best suited to play? And, and how have you been able to be so versatile along the defensive line? Uh, for me, uh, you know, again, going into my rest year, freshman year, you know, we had a lot of depth um, over at Temple. Um, and I, you know, I felt, you know, I took it upon myself that, you know, if I can learn just about every position along the front, you know, my coach can use me and I would get more playing time. Uh, so the way I study the game, the way I study my plays is I learn everybody's position up front, you know, as far as even maybe the linebackers as well. Um, just so I know what every everything that's going on and, you know, I'm a guy who right now is about 285, and, you know, I can go play that five technique. I can go play that six, that, that seven, that three tech, or even that shade. I've played anywhere from a zero all the way to a, to a six, six I. So, uh, you know, I, I just made myself more available, and, you know, that's one of the things about me is that I'm going to learn everything so I can best help contribute to the team. Um, but for me, I feel as though my natural position – um, you know, for me, because I, I, I'm a good pass rusher, I can play inside that three-tech position, um, you know, sometimes getting that one-on-one -on -one when the back's to my side, or, you know, I can play that five technique or that six and really beat up on that, that tackle and that tight end. When you had to go to different positions outside of learning what they had to do as far as the play is concerned, the scheme, changing your technique is, is what was impressive as well because, you know, as you move inside, things a little bit different. Your hands got to be a little bit uh, cleaner and consistent. How were you able to teach yourself that that technical part of the game outside of what you had to learn schematically? Uh, just repetition and, you know, just watching, you know, the guys in front of me. Like I said, my Anitis, who's now in the league uh, playing for the Redskins, watching his game and having him as a mentor, he really taught me how to make that transition inside because I never played inside. I was always a defensive end coming into college in my freshman year. Um, so learning behind him and saw how he worked, um, you know, just going through things with him and individual drills, 
uh, really helped me develop my technique and obviously having great coaching uh, with Coach Elijah, who's now at Texas A&M, and Coach Jim Panagos, who's now at uh, Minnesota. But having those great coaches to coach me, they really helped develop my skills. And like I said, just, just repetition and constant film work. I'd watch guys like Aaron Donald and the Dominican Sioux a lot um, just to see their, their you know, how they are inside. And, um, you know, it really helped develop me and, you know, get a grasp of how to play D-tackle. Now, you had some starts prior to this season and, you know, becoming a full-time starter this year. And that's one of the tougher things I think to do is to prepare yourself as you're the starter, although you're part of a rotation so that when you do get your opportunity, you make sure you excel. But how were you able to to prepare like that? Because again, it is tough when you're not getting those, those consistent snaps knowing, okay, I know this play, I can do this because I know I'm going to follow it up with the next play. You really go in there in, in certain situations and then are able to attack. But also this year, you're able to be the full-time starter. So how are you able to prepare in a rotation? How, what's the mindset that you have to have? Um, you know, and, you know, my rush of sophomore year is my first time. Um, you know, after the first, I believe, three or four games, I became the full-time starter. Um, and that's really where I, I fell into my mold as a player, and I got real comfortable playing out, out there as a, as a starter. Um, it wasn't until my rush year junior year, um, I suffered a couple injuries uh, with an MCL sprain and, and a quad strain that year. So it really it limited me. And um, I couldn't get the playing time I, I wanted to just because I was, you know, still getting back into the flow of things and I wasn't fully healthy. So, you know, I had to take a, uh, a back seat in a few games. Um, but it wasn't until my senior year when I was fully healthy and, you know, just being an older guy in the room, a leader, and knew, knowing that I was a starter, I knew that I had to, you know, prepare for games each and every week a little different than anybody else I had to be able to set the tone and lead by example um, you know so I would do things like prepare my body better stretch do all the things that I needed to do to make sure I can play a full season as a starter because the reps are pretty much different than you know the ones in the twos where you're getting the majority of the reps and um, you know I would just come in treatment room uh, get around my coaches watch film and you know really just prepare myself and took it game by game to really make sure I was able to play a full successful season. I was at that Villanova game earlier in the year to kick off you guys this season and it was impressive how much you were in the backfield. I want to say you had two or three TFLs that day. I was like, man, like who is this dude and, and why is he consistently in the backfield? And there's an art to it. Can you take us through the art of the TFL? Because a lot of stuff on the college football field happens so quickly that you may find yourself in the backfield, but you don't necessarily know what a ball is. But that's not the case with you, as evident by your 12 and a half TFLs this past season. Yeah, and, you know, it's, you know, just – for one, I play with a lot of relentless effort. You know, I always say that, you know, talent is God-given. And, you know, you, you can't really, you know, you can develop talent, but you can't you can't coach effort. You either you want to do it or you don't. So I, re I rely a lot on effort. But um, the key to every, every TFL and being in the backfield all starts with the get-off, um, anticipating the snap and really keying in on the ball. Getting off really sets you up for success. Um, we played in a scheme where the three techs and the shades were taught to get vertical and just create havoc. Um, so I was put in a system where, you know, I would, you know, beat the guard just a pure get off. And, you know, out of get off, if you can get off the ball quicker than, you know, the guard or, or the tackle, you know, you're setting yourself up for success. 
Um, being a D tackle, you have to be able to react pretty quick, you know, make sure you can plan on a dime to really uh, sneak out these TFLs because the running backs, you know, they're going to come downhill, but they're going to be taught to go lateral. Um, so that was just my game, uh, just being instinctive and, you know, reading my keys in the backfield to see where the ball was going to go and just getting off the rock. I hated defensive linemen like yourself, man, because because I was a running back. And as soon as you see the dude get off the ball and beat your line, you're like, man, my goodness. Now I either got to take this hit or I got to try to spin and do something that's outside my athleticism and end up with a TFL. I'm like, man, my goodness, dude is just ridiculous. But speaking from that perspective, from the running back perspective, I used to be able to key on linebackers and say, okay, I know what he's about to do. Um, and I know if he's blitzing or not. From a defensive line perspective, how do you key on your offensive line and, and what goes into that matchup throughout the week to where you, you can pretty much get a beat on his tendencies, what he's good at, what he's not good at, and how you could attack him? Well, it all starts with film study. Uh, you know, I always, you know, pride myself on watching a lot of film. Um, you know, because linemen, they, they give away a lot of things. Um, you know, some linemen are not as athletic as, you know, you know, the – the big time guards and, and centers and stuff. So it's a lot of the times when they need a pull, they'll change their stance or, you know, if it's a pass, they'll need to get in a more comfortable stance where they can kick back uh, far enough. Um, so I always look at that, you know, I look at, you know, the inside knee and all that kind of stuff. I look at uh, just about any little tendency, um, you know, if he's lying on his fingers, uh, if he's a, maybe an inch uh, far back than he normally is past the center, you know, I know that he's there's a good possibility he's pulling. Um, if I know he's in a, in, a, in a light stance, it's possibly pass. Um, and just understanding the formation in the backfield. If I know the running back's away from me, he's offset to the to the quarterback to the right. I know he's coming towards me. I can widen out a little bit. I can tighten down if he if he's to me. Uh, just things like that help help give a lot of plays away, and it allows me to you know not cheat but anticipate what what, what play I should expect. And that's why you had so much success, consistent success over the time uh, of your career, so much so that you started to gain NFL attention and you found yourself at the East-West Shrine game. Great week down there of work. Well, what was your takeaway from, from the Shrine game and how beneficial was that for you to, to really put a, a nice bow around your, your collegiate career? Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a tremendous opportunity. Um, you know, I just you know, wanted to go down there and, and show scouts that, you know, I'm I'm one of the, the top D tackles in this class um, and that I'm a versatile guy. Um, you know, I went down there, I played D end and D tackle. I wanted to show that I can pass rush. Um, a lot of scouts didn't know that I was going to come in six, three and a half, uh, two, 286 pounds. They kind of expected me to be like six, two, 270, I heard. So for them to see me walk across the stage and be a lot heavier than expected, um, I, I feel like it definitely opened up some eyes. Um, but I just wanted to show scouts that, you know, I can play the game and I'm going to play it at an elite level. And, you know, I'm a guy that, you know, is worth taking a, a pick in the draft. What do you feel as though people are still sleeping on your game? Because you, you talked about it, you know, yeah, they thought I was going to be 6'2", Um, A lot of people still not talking about you as a household name. So I feel as though you're still being slept on a little bit. Where do you feel as though you're being slept on? Um, I just feel as though um, I'm, a, I'm an all-around player. 
Um, you know, I know some people might question the competition coming from the American, but, you know, me playing against, you know, a few power five schools this year, this uh, past year and uh, the previous years, um, I've shown that I can play against the run pretty effectively inside and outside. And, you know, I can pass rush. Um, you know, I think, you know, my, my school put something out. I had a, a close to 40 uh, pressures this past season and seven sacks. And I just want them to know that I'm, a, I'm an elite pass rusher and I can play the run. Um, and I'm a I'm an effort guy. Um, it shows on film that, you know, I'm relentless to the ball. And, you know, I'm just there to, to help make plays. And you also back that up by forcing fumbles. That's key, too. You turn the ball over. And that's huge. When you when you look at your career, let's let's say, you know, just taking a 10,000 foot view of it. Uh, high school, college football is one of those games that really teaches you a lot of lessons, man. What would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned so far from playing football? That um, I would say, you know, that any type of success that you 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 get within college, high school, um, it doesn't guarantee future success. What I mean by that is that, you know, you may have a good game one day where you're going off, but if you don't bring that same intensity, if more, then you're not guaranteed to continue that success throughout your career. That every every day is a is a day to get better. It's a day to to work on yourself and your goals because someone out there is always always competing with you. If someone wants to be better than you, there is someone out there better than you. So, you know, previous success doesn't determine your total outcome that you have to continue to push the pedal every single day. And what about the game would you say you love the most? Um, I like I honestly just love playing the game, man. I, I like being around the guys. I like I like I like just, you know, the fact that, you know, it's one of the only sports where you know, you work hard all off season, all summer. Uh, you you use a whole week to prepare for one game, and then you get to go out there and compete with another team. And you know, it's a special moment when you get that win. Uh, I love I love the opportunity to win games. I just love winning. I just love being out there, and you know, I love laying the hits, and I love getting after quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, I love everything that comes with football, and you know, it's definitely a life a life game. Last question for me, man. You know, when you when you go out and, and talk to people, they, you know, everybody wants like let's say a take or something in a nice small package. Like, okay, tell me quick, boom, boom, boom. You see this in interviews, like, okay, why should I take you? So from that perspective, if you had to point to one game that say, you know what, check this game out because it shows you everything that I bring to the table. What game would that be? I would say my Maryland game, uh, two thousand eighteen. Why so? Um, it shows uh, that was a game where um, I had about two TFLs plus three uh, three sacks and two forced fumbles, um, and and you know about seven seven tackles. Uh, that was a game where I felt I was able to display all my talent. Um, I was able to stop the run. I was able to pass rush, and I was able to force turnovers, and I was able to show my relentless effort. Um, and anybody who sees that game, you know, they'll see, you know, how I was flying around to the ball and, you know, just leading by example through my play. I was going to say, if you didn't choose the Maryland game, I would be highly upset with you because that game right there, you found you set up shopping the opposing backfield, man. Where are you training right now? Uh, right now I'm training at Exos in Arizona. Okay. And, and where can people follow you on social media to follow along this journey as you make the trek to the NFL? Um, on Instagram, they can follow me at 
Dogbe underscore nine. It's D O G B E underscore nine. And then as far as Twitter, at M D Dog uh, at M Dogby uh, fourteen. Okay, cool, man. Well, Mike, it's been a pleasure, man. Glad we finally got to talk shop. I miss you down there at the at the Shrine Game. Want to get you on the, on camera, but we got you here on the podcast. It's just as good, and we're gonna follow your journey, follow your your uh, your path. I think some team's gonna get someone that's gonna come in, work hard, be relentless, and be disruptive like you was throughout the course of your Temple career. And we wish you the best of luck moving forward. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs>